Hello, and welcome to The Top 3, a podcast where we discuss the definitive rankings of everything. I am your host, Kieran Davey. Today, I'm joined by Sebastian Ochoa Mendoza to discuss the top three football players, or soccer players, in honor of the 2022 Ballon d'Or Award. Let's dive in. Well, hi, Sebastian. Welcome back to the podcast for your fourth episode with us. Yeah, it's it's been an honor to be here so often. Uh, I think it's just basically like a recorded version of what we do already, which is just talk about all the all of our interests. Yeah, 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 definitely. We love to chat about all sorts of stuff: the Beatles albums, Oscar winners, and you know, movies, music, and now we're touching on to sports not as frequently mentioned in the top three. No, and I think that's one of the reasons why I like suggested this as a topic was because the Ballon d'Or is happening, which is the yearly award where they reward the best player of the year. So that's why I've, I thought that'd be a cool thing to discuss. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you did point out a key tension. It's football to most of the world and then soccer to Canada and the States. And, and Australia, actually, to be fair. Oh, really? Okay, okay, okay. So I guess then, just based on the overall consensus, we probably should refer to it as football. Sure. If you're here looking for the top three American, like NFL players, sorry, this isn't. I don't, I don't have any information for you. Tom Brady, maybe. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, we'll not be covering American football, but we will be talking about the top three football players, aka top three soccer players, currently, as in like you know, twenty twenty two but also the top three players of all time. So because I've been following football for like the last couple years, my idea of who the best players today is like pretty clear. But I did have to do quite a bit of research for like all time, you know. And it's a cool thing that we're having this episode now because the World Cup's in November. Yeah. And that is easily my favorite event of any type like ever in my life. Whoa. Of all events? Does that include... Uh... Like graduations, birthday parties. Have you been to any good weddings? I have been to great weddings. And like, to be fair, I did go to a wedding once that was like two weeks. So but did it touch the glory of the cup? No. Okay. I'll rephrase. (laughs) It's like events that I like look forward to, like yearly things, you know, like just like I prefer this to the Oscars. I Ah, prefer it. Okay. Televised, televised events. Televised events. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We're not saying like you, you like the World Cup more than like. St. Patrick's Day. I know you're a big St. Patrick's Day guy. Uh, um, yeah, massive on <laughs> on the big on the big patty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just love the World Cup. I get really into it. I try to watch as many games as I can, which is like it's more than hundred games that play during the World Cup. It's a lot. We've watched World Cup games together before. We have, yeah, when we work together. Totally. I also like the World Cup as a you know more bandwagon sports fan than you are, perhaps. I love to hop into the World Cup just when it's ramping up and be really passionate about it and then you know not follow a lot of soccer for the rest of the time. Well, I do remember my my first World Cup that I was actively watching was uh, 2006, but that was the World Cup that I stayed up for the final. I was living in China at the time. So I think it was like two or three in the morning when I was watching France versus Italy in the final. And that was when Zidane like headbutted oh, yeah. um, Maserati or yeah. whatever his name was. Yeah, it was insane to me. Yeah. And what was crazy about it too was just like as in a thing for his career, that was his last professional game of football of his life. Like that ended the career of Zidane was this like massive scandal in the final of the World Cup that France ended up losing 
partially because they were down to 10 men. Crazy. All right, so you've been passionate about football, specifically the World Cup from a young age. Did you ever play football? Well, I used to have like the every Saturday we'd we'd have like a it was not like associated with the school. It was like just a bunch of kids yeah, yeah, yeah. in China who were like would play football together. And like, you know, we had our own team. We had our own coaches. OK, it wasn't it wasn't just friends. It was like an it was like an organized thing. And I did it for like 10 years, probably. Oh, OK, OK. But you're describing it as like, you know, just a bunch of kids get together every Saturday. And I'm like, you mean friends? You mean <laughs> just. Uh, yeah, um, I do remember. So one of my biggest regrets from like my middle school days I remember for like two days, um, I went to play with like all the all the jocks who would play like at lunch, you know, like it's like lunchtime, they would quickly eat and then they'd go play. And I joined them and I like scored like three goals in those two matches. And one of the goals was even like a back like volley. It was kind of like a bicycle kick, except my other foot, I don't think ever left the ground. <laughs> I just remember like the jocks who like were not my friends. They, they did not like me. They like were, they ran at me to like, like basically like, pick me up because they just like witnessed this amazing goal. And I remember like being so like proud of myself, but then I didn't want to lose my group of friends. Who were in, so then I just never went back. No. So it was just like, that was my biggest regret was like, I, you know, I could have like done that like daily. <laughs> And yeah, but I guess I, I, I came in hot and then I left before like the, the heat died down, you know? Yeah, I mean, you probably left an impact as the one kid who just shows up, does a big move and then leaves forever. Yeah, basically. Well, I really like that we could have this episode so you could relive your middle school glory days. I think also because my middle school days were like my least favorite in my childhood. So maybe that's why I have like a regret about it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I maybe could have had a better time in middle school. Yeah, I don't think you're alone in that opinion. If we were to do a top three life stages, middle school is at the bottom. <laughs> like those, those preteen yeah. years are yeah, exactly. rough. That's rough, yeah, they're rough. <laughs> Great idea for a, future, for a future episode. Yeah, top three life stages. Yeah. yeah, I have strong opinions. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so bringing it back to football. I also played football a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, oh did you yeah no glory days though i was mostly just not really not my passion not my strong suit hence why i'm you know running a podcast as opposed to on the canadian national (laughs) team uh was football like one of the sports you played the most yes the bar is quite low but because it was for more than one year it is automatically up there in terms of sports that i played lots oh yeah i had a lot of like one year sports where i would do it for like a season and then be like not for me. I had a one-year stint at baseball. Me too, as one of them. A similar thing happened with baseball as it did with football because I was in the junior varsity team, and I remember for, like, one practice, everyone was like, whoa, Sebastian was, like, the best player in, like, the whole practice. And then he, they, like, started me in, like, the starting lineup for, like, the first game of the season or whatever. And then I just wasn't very good for like the rest of the season. I'm just because that was my first time ever playing baseball. And I was like, if I had just done that, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. come in just for like one day, killed it. Everyone was like, whoa, Sebastian, most catches. I don't, I don't really, I've forgotten how to play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know there's catching involved. You know what? And that makes me think maybe it was best that I left, you know, football, you know, just to like, you know, left it on a high note. Yeah. I never had moments like that where they were like, wow, Kieran, the best player. But I had a lot of the second half of the story where they're like, wow, not very good for most of the season. 
had a lot of those moments. Wow, I didn't know this was going to be top three Sebastian sports moments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sebastian sports moments. Yeah, we got to move on to back to... Yeah, so so going back, we're talking about top three football players. Mm-hmm. For the top three players right now, does that mean that they have to be at the peak of their powers right now? Or top three players who are like currently playing? I think top three players who are currently playing. Because... Like in in theory, in like the second division of like Dutch football, there could be like one guy who's at his peak, you know, <laughs> but like, but he sucks, you know, compared to like Messi, who's far from his peak, but he's still one of the best players today. Well, that's what I was wondering. Someone like Messi, who's like one of, he's probably going to pop into the all time conversation too, not at the peak of his powers right now. Is he still like one of the best players right now? You know, we'll we'll find out. Yeah, I, I would say that he is the only player I'm considering in both lists. Interesting. That's really interesting as a as a start. Are we considering all levels of football? What do you mean by all levels? I don't know, all leagues. The best players are just naturally going to be playing in Europe. Uh, Europe has five top leagues. Premier League is often considered as today's like gold standard for like league football. But after that, then there's like Spain, Italy... Germany those are like the top four and then the fifth one is is debated between like France and I think Portugal's the other one and like to be fair like Messi which who I am considering in like the today list he does play for like a French league team so like since that one's like the fifth or sixth like best league like maybe that disqualifies them a little bit but at the same time we must remember that so there are tournaments where the best teams from every league in Europe like get together and compete with each other, right? So the Champions League. The team that Messi plays for is widely considered one of the best teams in the world, even though it plays for like a shitty league. Exactly. And you and I have also spoken about our love for the World Cup. And so, you know, we're also looking at players on the international stage. I think it makes sense to consider players from all countries. Exactly. Which on that note, I was wondering, are we considering all genders of players? Oh, I I don't really uh, know much about uh, women's f- football. I could probably tell you what who some of like the best players are just from like having heard their names. I do know that like apparently this last year, the Barcelona women's team, like I think went the entire season unbeaten or something. Yeah, it's kind of wild that women's football gets way less coverage, but some of the teams are just like mind-numbingly good like it's kind of crazy i have one female player that i'll be mentioning for sure okay cool i also was curious are we going to be talking about people from all positions now that is a very interesting conversation because most of the time like people who get the most coverage are just goal scorers yeah usually playing in forward and strikers right exactly for for both of my lists for both like all time and the current one i have included options in all positions just like in case so like even though i don't think the best goalkeeper today really ought to be in the top three. I, at least I have him like written down so I can like give him a, like a like an honorable mention. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of builds us to the next question of how are we going to be measuring who's the best? Because like you could just do goals scored, but also like you know if it's a defensive captain or whatever, and he is making the plays happen, or if the goalie is like keeping the team afloat, it can be tricky to evaluate. Yeah, even the Ballon d'Or. Like, it's, like, a pretty bad metric. The Ballon d'Or, like, takes certain things really highly into consideration. So, like, if you're a player who was on a team that won the Champions League, like, instantly you're, like, the favorite. If, like, there was some, like, great player, fantastic player who came second, 
Like they, now all of a sudden they have like way less chance. Or if it's a World Cup year, if you win the World Cup and the Champions League, like you're golden. So like, for instance, a few years ago, Luka Modric won the Ballon d'Or. He was like the first player in like a decade that's not called Messi or Ronaldo to win the Ballon d'Or. So it was like a big news. But the reason he did was because he won the Champions League and the and Croatia came second in the World Cup. Those kind of big, sort of big stage moments mean a lot more in the Ballon d'Or. So even the award that's like considered the most important award for a football player to win, even that's like super subjective. So then for our criteria, we are being kind of loose, I guess, don't have any clearly defined metrics. No. All right. We'll see how it shakes up then. Do you want to hit current top 10 first and then move on to all time? Yeah. Let's go for it. Like list off your list of people that you're considering and I'll let you know if I agree with any of them. So two obvious ones that immediately came to mind. One is Messi and one is Ronaldo. Because as you mentioned, they are the two people who have won the Ballon d'Or over the last decade, basically. They're both kind of dominating the sport of football over the last, like, you know, 20 years. Yeah, 100%. I actually don't have Ronaldo on my current list. I have him on my all-time list, but not on my current list. Okay. Because these days, he doesn't even get to, like, start well, that was part of my question about do they have to be at the peak of their powers? Because Ronaldo is still playing technically, so he's probably one of the best players playing today, but he's not the best player today, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. I see. Okay, so if we are going to like structure or like have some like criteria, I do think he needs to be like the three, one of the three best players like currently playing. Yeah, if you're considering who are the three best players in the moment right now. Because Messi, for example, even though he's not at his arguable peak right now, he's still like really, really good and is still up there in the conversation regardless of what the metrics are. Whereas Ronaldo, I think, without his legacy of being Ronaldo, like right now he's not making waves in the same way. Yeah, so it's pretty tough, right? Because Ronaldo is playing for a much tougher league. He's playing in the Premier League and that's the hardest one. Totally. Ronaldo's first time in his entire career that he's not playing in the Champions League because Manchester United didn't qualify. So not only is he not in the Champions League, but also in the league itself, the coach has him on the on the bench. It's pretty hard to say that he's one of the best players right now if he can't even start for his regular team. Probably not in the top three current players. No, or in the top 11. Top 11 on your team. <laughs> uh. But Messi, on the other hand, uh, not only does he start very regularly for PSG, which is a much like better team than Manchester United, he is also currently, I think, like leading most assists out of any player for this current season. Creatively speaking, one of the best players like currently playing. So I do think Ronaldo, his his time is sort of past, but I would consider him among like the best players of all time. Happy to shove Ronaldo into the conversation for all time, but maybe not be on the list for the current top players. Okay, I'll share two more that I had. Robert Lewandowski, the Polish player, he has scored a lot of goals. <laughs> he, I have him down as well. For strikers, I have like three players as like who play like really just like their own, their only objective is to like score goals, basically. These three like center forwards are Lewandowski, Erling Holland, and Benzema. Now, the thing with Lewandowski is that he should have won the Ballon d'Or in 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone said that he was going to win it. It was like the most clear thing. Like Bayern Munich won the Champions League. He broke the record for like most goals scored in the, the Bundesliga season ever, which was like 
a record that people didn't even think was possible to break. He scored, I think, 42 goals in less than 30 games because he was injured for a couple of games. So it was insane. He almost scored like two goals a game for the season. And it was just nuts. Crazy. So he's definitely one of the best strikers in the world for sure. Yeah. He came second, I think, for the Ballon d'Or last year. But in the tw- in 2020, when he should have won, Ballon d'Or got canceled because of the pandemic, which didn't make any sense to me. Football's already been played. Yeah, like the, 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 the matches were still played. You could just like announce the winners. You don't have to have like an event where people could get contaged, you know? So and the fact that he hasn't won a Ballon d'Or, technically, I look upon him favorably in the eyes of the top three. If he can't get the Ballon d'Or, maybe he can be on our top three. Episode. Yeah, to, to give him some recognition. Yeah, <laughs> he totally deserves it. And last year, he did come second. And then of the other two that I was going to mention, Holland is really just an honorable mention for now because he's on track to break some crazy records this coming year. He could be if we did this episode again in like a year from now. (laughs) Right now, Manchester City have played like seven games and he's scored like 12 or something crazy like that. He scored more than one goal a game in the Premier League, which is the hardest league in the world. He would break the record this year if he keeps going. So he's an honorable mention. And then the last one's Benzema, who I think you can bet the farm that he's going to win the Ballon d'Or this year. Wow, really? Oh, yeah. I think it's like it's in the bag. Benzema was just the top goal scorer of the Champions League. Real Madrid won the Champions League. Real Madrid also won the Spanish League. So they won the like the double, which is what that's called. You know, when when a team wins like two of their three major trophies. And as the best player on the team, you know. Exactly. So we have one player who has never won the Ballon d'Or and one player who is certain to win the Ballon d'Or along with... Messi, who, you know, has won multiple times. Seven, yeah. Messi. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I had another player written down. Female player. Okay. Christine Sinclair from the Canadian national team. (laughs) You laugh. You know, it's a little hometown bias. But, so, few things to mention here. Olympic gold medalist. Two-time Olympic bronze medalist. CONCACAF champion. She's four-time winner of the Canada Soccer Player of the Year Award. Uh huh. All these are like kind of, these are impressive, but I think what really boosts her up is she's the world's all time leader for international goals scored for either men or women, kind of over 300 appearances at international games, international level games, which is one of the most out there. And she's the second football player of either sex to have scored at five World Cup editions. So I feel like on the international stage, if for either women or men, she is like one of the all time greats. Yeah, for sure. I think that she then falls kind of on the exact same category as Ronaldo because right now she's, I think she's already in her 40s. Oh yeah, she is, uh, you know, seasoned as they say. She's seasoned, yeah. So I I don't even think she would be in the top three best like female players like currently playing like right now. But she has the legacy. But she has the legacy. She's definitely going to be considered one of the all time greats for sure in women's football. I think it'd be like, Martha and her are like the two that come to mind. Yeah, yeah Martha's the only other one to have scored at five World Cup editions. But yeah, those those two I would say are like legacy players for sure. But like again, if if we're not including Ronaldo, I wouldn't include her either. The only tough thing is then when you take Christine Sinclair and pit her against some of the all time players, I feel like it'll be, you know, tough to make the argument. Yeah. But I think in terms of all time players that are currently playing, mm-hmm. I think she might be able to have a strong pick just because of the impact she's having, even if she's not necessarily gained the glory in the Champions League, for example. I do think also if you're going to like 
argue that. You could also technically argue for Gianluigi Buffon, one of the best goalkeepers ever. But technically, he's in his like mid 40s, but he's playing for some like second league, like second division, like Italian team. <laughs> um, Can you imagine if our top three players today were Ronaldo, Christine Sinclair, and, <laughs> and Buffon? Buffon? <laughs> That would be a good. Be a good I, I don't think anybody would buy it. I think it's just like, what's going on? You're just picking the the three oldest players currently playing. Top three oldest football players. <laughs> really rich discussion. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, good. I, I'm glad you pointed out Christine Sinclair. She's a she's a good shout. We mentioned her earlier, way back when, for the top three Canadian sports teams. Oh right. No, she she was not one of the sports teams, but we were talking no. about. Uh, you know, she came to the conversation when we got to football because she's one of the best Canadian athletes ever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What kind of other players did you have on your list for the current? So out of the ones that I've mentioned so far, Lewandowski and Benzema, and I guess Messi are in discussion. I'm just going to throw out a couple of names that are just honorable mentions. Trent Alexander-Arnold, who is one of the best like fullbacks in the world. So that's like if you're playing on like the wing, but as a defender. Because uh, he basically revolutionized that position. He's like really, really attacking, even though he's a defender. Uh, Virgil van Dijk is another like defender that I would put out there. Often considered like the best defender in the world today. But uh, I won't include him just because Liverpool haven't been that good this season so far. You get lifted up by your team. You get dragged down by your team. Exactly. So I'm I'm just counting them, but like thought I'd throw them out there. I'll also throw out two goalkeepers that I think are the best in their positions, but probably um, not for this discussion. Alisson, who's just widely considered one of the best goalkeepers in the world, also plays for Liverpool. And then I'll, I'll mention Courtois, who's the Real Madrid goalkeeper. And the real reason that he's being talked about a lot these days is because in the Champions League final last year, he was the man of the match. He like saved everything. And it was like basically thanks to him that Real Madrid ended up winning. So now all those honorable mentions out of the way, these are the real, these are the real deal. So there's Lewandowski Benzema. All right. Oh yeah. Messi. Mbappe. Mm -hmm. He scores goals like crazy as well, but he's incredibly fast. Um, Nobody can catch him. I don't really like his attitude. He's, he's got a bit of a personality problem, but it's not top three best personalities in football. <laughs> then, okay, so this one's a little bit controversial because he's an amazing player. He won both uh, top goal scorer and most assists in the Premier League last year, and that's Mohamed Salah. If we had done this a year ago, easily talked about as the best player in the world, like easy. But in this, in like the last like eight months, he's like definitely kind of fallen down a bit. That's tough because, yeah, I don't think we can include him. I don't think he'll crack the top three for right now. But also he doesn't have the legacy to get into the all-time discussion. So he just really falls through the cracks at this particular moment in time. If we're like, if we're talking about 2022, he's not there. Like he's not in form right now. Yeah. If you were to pick the top three players for your team today, he might not be there. Yeah. It's, it's tough because, like, form is such an important thing, right? You got to just be really consistently good. And that's what, what, like, Messi and Ronaldo have that have made them, like, goat contenders. The last one I'm going to say, I think, deserves the spot in the top three less than Salah. But he's actually m- way more likely to win the Ballon d'Or this year. Even though he's not going to win because it's Benzema anyway. If, if, if Benzema weren't there, uh, it'd be this guy called Sadio Mane. He's probably going to come second in the Ballon d'Or. And that's because not only was he 
amazing for Liverpool, but also he led Senegal to win like the African Cup of Nations, which is like the prime tournament in Africa. Salah played against him in the final and Mane won. Like Senegal beat Egypt. They played for the same team, Salah and Mane. So they played for Liverpool together, but now like the rivals like played against each other in the final. One of them beat the other. And now Mane's left Liverpool and now Liverpool's like playing really badly. Another reason why Salah should not be there. Yeah, exactly. It's basically saying that like, oh, maybe Mane was better than Salah all along. Though Salah is just a crazy good goal scorer. So Oh, and and Kevin De Bruyne is probably the best midfielder in the world. That's probably a, a big shout. <laughs> yeah. So those those are all my picks. Yeah. Of the people that you've mentioned, which ones are we definitely considering? <laughs> Even though Salah's not the best right now in this like current moment, he might just be in like a little bit of a slump and he should probably be considered one of the best players in the world. No way, man. Slumps are slumps. I mean, we're talking current right now in the moment. Who is the best? Yeah. Okay. Okay. No generous. Oh, you know, Ronaldo is just on a slump. That's why he's on the bench. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh, we're doing current, keeping it real fresh on the top three. In which case I'll say that the top ones will be Benzema, Lewandowski, Mbappe, Messi, and Kevin De Bruyne. Those are my like five. Okay. I had three of those five written down, which was Zema, Messi, and Lewandowski. That's, yeah, that's fair. I didn't have Mbappe written down or De Bruyne. Partly De Bruyne, I think, just because as a midfielder, don't get as much love. Yeah, which is why I think that like Kevin De Bruyne should should probably be considered because right now he has like the most assists in the Premier League. As a midfielder, your job is to like drive your team forward to like to score goals. If it weren't for his assists, the goals wouldn't be scored. Yeah, and we were celebrating Messi for his assists earlier in the episode. Yeah, exactly. These are they're they're all good players. Yeah, they're all good players. We're at like the best of the best right now. Yeah, we're in the top five. It depends on how committed we are to like try and like fit in somebody who's not a goal scorer because like he's not he's not a goal scorer, but that's like not his job to do. You know what I mean? He's just constantly always like the best player among his peers. He's always like the best. I do think that like if we picked Lewandowski, Benzema and Messi, we would be kind of ignoring the fact that the Premier League is the most competitive league. Yeah, exactly. Like Messi, however many assists he has like right now, the French League just isn't as strong. I would put forward Kevin De Bruyne over Messi personally. Over Messi? Yeah. That's wild. Because just Messi just plays for... I was thinking... So you were thinking Messi is number one? Well, I was thinking, like, if Messi is one of the only players right now to be considered also as one of the all-time best players, then I feel like if we're considering him for the all-time conversation, how could we not have him be in our top three current players? If you're playing right now, you're still good. Yeah, well, you're still good. And so is Ronaldo's still, like, pretty good. But the reason that we're talking about him for all-time was because of their past accomplishments. Fair enough. Okay, let's if, since we're considering Messi for the all-time, like we'll push him over to the all-time conversation for now. All right. I think Messi will have a strong a strong showing. He'll have a strong chance on <laughs> in, in the all-time so we can not include him in the, you know, current top 3 to make room for other players. That sounds good. I'm happy with that. And in that case, you probably have to do Benzema, Lewandowski, and then De Bruyne probably. Basically, I think Mbappe He'll he'll have his time, I guess. He's still young. And I'm also happy not including him because of his attitude. We are anti-attitude in the top three. I will say that the the theory is that the next Messi and Ronaldo will be Mbappe and Holland. Based on like current 
status. I think Kevin De Bruyne, Lewandowski, and Benzema are top three. In that order, three, two, one. Yeah, in that order. So we're, we're agreeing with the Ballon d'Or, supposedly. Yeah, it's not very controversial, is it? <laughs> well, Benzema's always been kind of un- under the shadow of like other players around him. Like when he was he was playing really well, but Ronaldo was on his team, and so then he just wasn't shining. But like I I just I do like the narrative of him now being like kind of in his thirties, and now all of a sudden he's just like proving to everybody that he's been like amazing from the beginning, and we should have always been paying attention to him. And we are shining a light. Benzema. Shall we shift our focus to top three players of all time? Let's do it. I admittedly only had five players written down for this. I mean, I could include other players in the list, but I know we're going to get down to like these four or five anyway. Keep it tight. Not including a couple of honorable mentions like Ronaldinho. I will shout out Ronaldinho real quick because Messi thinks that Ronaldinho is the best player of all time. Ah, oh, man. I should have brought Messi on the pod. <laughs> Well, like Messi played with Ronaldinho and Ronaldinho, I think might have, he had the potential of being a greatest of all time. But the problem was that like, he like, you know, sort of retired in like early thirties. Like I think in current football, like there's so much more like intensity with like dieting well, like playing well into your thirties, you know, Ronaldo's like 37 right now and still like going strong and Messi's like 35. Ronaldinho just didn't have that into him. He was just like, yeah, you know what? Like I'm 28. He already started like playing like worse you know he was just like "Eh, i wanted to live life i wanted to have fun he could have been goat status like technically speaking he could have been but moving past him i listed one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve jeez you're 12 players you're considering for all time so i wanted to at least get have like a couple of choices for each position it's tough like even though i i doubt one of these goalkeepers is going to be included it's kind of disappointing because it's like these guys are like the best of all time in their position, which might be the most important position of all time, like like on the field, you know? I mean, I have one goalkeeper on my list of five people. Oh, do you? Oh, I'm really curious. Well, who is your, who is your uh, goalkeeper? I had Lev Yashin, USSR goalie, probably the best goalkeeper in history. I'll, controversial opinion. I think that Lev Yashin is mostly remembered for basically inventing what is currently considered the goalkeeper role. Basically, every goalkeeper that has come since is like inspired by like what Lev Yashin has done and how he sort of revolutionized that position. Early on in football, uh, goalkeepers used to be able to like grab the ball anywhere in their own half, which meant that some goalkeepers would even like run forward a lot more. They would like throw the ball into the other opponent's net. So Lev Yashin, I think, is like iconic, but I don't actually think he's the best goalkeeper ever. He's the only goalkeeper to have won the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. True, but also the Ballon d'Or back then was only allowed to be given to European players. So like if Messi had played back then, he wouldn't have won like a Ballon d'Or. Yeah, fair enough. Truly a different time. But I don't want to discount Lev Yashin entirely. He also stopped around 150 penalty kicks. Is that a record? The best record all time, yeah. Oh, wow. And he kept 270 clean sheets from 420 games in his career. 270 from 420. Yeah, that is... Whoa, that that's wild, yeah. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, but but you must also consider that he played for the Russian League. Like, I don't think the Russian League was ever, like, one of the... Specifically the Soviet League. Yeah, the Soviet League. Like, I mean, I guess I don't know. Maybe back then the Soviet League was, like, super competitive. Who knows how hard it was to stop a penalty kick in Soviet <laughs> Russia. We'll never know. <laughs> Those are some good stats that do that do do sway me to like appreciate Lev Yashin more. I don't think he'll make it into the top three. We're talking about just three players, 
but you know as a top five he was one of the five people i wrote down fair enough i have two other goalkeepers i don't again i don't think they'll be in the top three but one of them's Gianluigi buffon who i mentioned before like he won the world cup won best goalkeeper of the italian league 13 years in his career where did he go buffon you did it no yeah way to go yeah yeah, he's still playing. He's, the, he's still playing. The second division of Italy. Yeah. Best goalkeeper in Italy's second division. So he's pretty great. And then the other one I was going to mention, in 2002, Oliver Kahn was named like the best uh, goalkeeper of the year. And because of that, he ended up coming in like the top three of the Ballon d'Or voting twice. If the Ballon d'Or had their own podcast... They would put it in the top three twice. (laughs) They would have put him in the top three. I mean, honestly, everybody has a podcast nowadays. I can see the Ballon d'Or. (laughs) Yeah, and so he was also named uh, Best European Goalkeeper four years and Best Goalkeeper in the German League seven times. He's really good. He's really good. Really good, but I guess we're discounting them. Dunzo. All right, who else do you have in your five? I had Messi and Ronaldo. Gotcha. Same. Pele. Okay. And Diego Armando Maradona. Okay. Those are the four. I tossed Lev Yashin in as a fun wrinkle, but I, I knew probably our conversation would come down to those four eventually. Okay, fair. I'll ignore a couple of these that I have here that might have less of a chance of making it. However, I'll shout out Johan Cruyff. He's one of the few players, him and Messi, I think, are the only ones in any of our lists to have won a treble. Uh, Messi's won it twice, though, so that's pretty crazy. Cruyff has also won the Ballon d'Or three times. Basically, the most important thing about him, he was the pioneer, basically, of modern football. There's like the tactic called total football, which was popularized by the Dutch team and his team, Ajax. Most football tactics today are based on some version of total football. So not only was Johan Cruyff like part of that like team back in the 70s that like popularized that tactic, but then he became a manager and then like super popularized it by like winning a bunch of shit as a manager. So Johan Cruyff is kind of considered maybe like the best mind in football ever in discussion of all time great are we looking at like their individual skill or their impact on the sport because we're going on impact on the sport then probably johan Cruyff is oh like probably number one maybe one yeah yeah his his impact is is massive on the sport but if it comes down to like goals scored or like just pure consistent skill he might not be at the same level as an individual player yeah but I'll, i'll so i mean i'll leave him there just for like Let's leave him there. Why not? A lot of people also consider Zidane as like an all-time great. Yeah, I feel if we brought up Zidane, he was going to be, excuse the pun, but butted out. Butted out, yeah. Uh, one good thing about Zidane is that he's actually won a World Cup, and neither Messi nor Ronaldo have. I mean, not that they're necessarily short of accolades, each having won the Ballon d'Or like, you know, five and seven times respectively. I'll shout out as well uh, Ronaldo, not Cristiano, but the original Ronaldo. I'll chalk him up as like another Ronaldinho. The potential. Yeah, the potential to be the best was like definitely there. He might be like at his peak, the best goal scorer of all time. He just like he got a lot of injuries, then he got like fat and he would party a lot and he just never like reached like all time status. I don't think. You can't party if you want to reach all time. No. And then I also have like two defenders here who are like often considered like the best defenders ever, who are Maldini and Beckenbauer. Beckenbauer, I think, is always in like a top 10 status, but not top three. He's one of the few players ever to have won the World Cup as a player and then as a manager as well. So I think we're down to four, I guess. No, five. Uh, I guess let's talk about the 
the other four then? Because we've talked about Cruyff. Yeah, we've talked about Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. A little bit. Like as a quick rundown, Messi has like more Ballon d'Ors than Ronaldo. But Ronaldo has won one more Champions League than Messi. Ronaldo's also like the most goal scorer in history. Wait, even more than Pele? So with Pele, um, I'm not counting him as the most goal scored because Pele also includes like a, all of his like friendly games. Yeah, because everybody else has around 400 goals scored and then he has like 1,200 or something insane. Yeah, it's something crazy because the thing is that he used to, he was the first player to really be spotlit and was like probably the best player in the world while football was first being televised. So he was the first like football star. Everyone knew who Pele was. He would travel around the world playing games and like those games would just sell out because people just wanted to see Pele. Because of that, he also just played an unnecessary amount of like friendlies and like random like games that don't count towards anything. Yeah, which gave him the chance to score like a million goals. Like for instance, he would like play against like China, for instance. Like China's not gonna like be able to defend Brazil. Pele gets to score like six goals in one game because it's like he's like playing against kids, you know. Well, it's, and then then it's tough because uh, when we go back to Johan Cruyff from the legacy side of it, I mean Pele's impact on the sport also is like the first superstar footballer so he has both skill and talent and legacy impact but i'm still uncertain i'm uncertain too and one of the reasons i'm uncertain is because pele played against much like worse defenders in his day than current players have to play with today like i think football has gotten more competitive as time has gone on and you'll see that if you watch pele's like highlights reel you'll see like defenders just like dwaddling about the like fall over you know this was like a time also when like football tactics weren't as like well well developed as today so like Pele had it I guess easier he was the best player in the world at that point but I don't think if he played in like the modern league he would be able to do what like all the crazy things that he was able to do at his time I think it's a strong argument and I'd be comfortable given the caliber we're talking about for players I'd be comfortable to bump him out of the top three for the purpose of this conversation. True. And he was also playing with like one of the best World Cup teams ever. Like Brazil had a ton of like superstars back then as well. Whereas if we transitioning to Maradona, uh if you look at Maradona, he was he's widely considered like to be the reason, like the sole and only reason why like he like single-handedly, <laughs> which is a good pun because he uh cuz Maradona did score a goal with his single hand in that world cup he but he he did single-handedly basically win a world cup for argentina because that argentina team was pretty mediocre and he was like the only like great player i think maradona has a stronger case than pele i agree like what most people would consider the best goal ever scored was by maradona so i think pele and maradona kind of operate they occupy similar places in like football history. And between the two of them, I would take Maradona over Pele. Mm-hmm. And then similarly, I feel like R- Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi occupy similar places in football history as two like contemporary legends. And between the two of them, even just based on where they're at today, I would take Messi over yeah, Ronaldo. I agree. Glad we're in agreement there because that's a uh, that's a that's that's like the big tension point. But I just feel like one of them is on the bench at the moment and one of them is not. And so, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to just put it down to that because like 
because like Ronaldo's also 37. Like the fact that he's no, there's more. I know there. I know there's more you know. to that. But yeah, I do think that like Messi won more league titles than like way more league titles than Ronaldo. Um, he's won the more Ballon d'Or more times. And Messi, even though he's like two years younger, almost has as many goals as Ronaldo anyway. Like he's not too far behind. So I think that Messi should be there. Yeah, I think so too. And then I think then if we're taking like, you know, Maradona over Pele, Messi over Ronaldo, maybe that opens up their third spot for Johan Cruyff. Yeah, we get we get a little we get a little Cruyff action at like third place. I, I'm happy with that. Which I mean, I mean, you could you argue that like Ronaldo or Pele deserve to be in there more more than Johan Cruyff like yeah probably based on skill based on skill but yeah. we're trying to look at things a little more holistically shake things up a bit yeah exactly because I think we're also just opening it up to like Cruyff was a midfielder as well it's like nice to have like a well I guess so was Maradona actually was a midfielder we have two midfielders currently in our top three but yeah so I, I think including Cruyff uh compensates for the fact that we're basically mostly considering just like players who score goals so I'm yeah I'm happy with those three, um, and I w- I would guess Cruyff in third place, and then I guess between Messi and Maradona. Oh, actually, I will say one thing about uh, Maradona, like so Napoli were like not a really great team. He like transferred from Barcelona to Napoli. There was like a crazy thing, like most people didn't expect it. Cause like, what's the best player in the world like going to Napoli for? He took this like smaller team, and not only made them win their first like league titles. And I think the, their only two league titles were played under Maradona. And then he also brought them to win the UEFA Cup, which is like the, the European competition. Thanks to Maradona, Napoli was became the best team in all of Europe. So uh, essentially the best team in the world. And it was really just done by this one guy, this one player. Yeah. And I mean, you were saying how this is a stronger case for Maradona. But even before you said that, I was going to argue Maradona should be number one. Oh, really? Just because I think Messi is, again, one of the greats, but... I think, as you mentioned, Maradona single-handedly got the World Cup, basically, and also lifted Napoli up. Uh, Messi doesn't have any World Cup titles at the moment. And uh, Maradona, as you mentioned, has, like, the single greatest goal as kind of deemed by sports culture. Yeah, I I do think, like, Messi... So my, my argument for Messi being number one would be... Not only do I actually think Messi might be a more gifted player... And also playing against harder competition, as we said, like these days, like football is tougher. But also, I think maybe a big case for it is that Maradona sort of falls under Ronaldinho and like original Ronaldo status in that like his career was pretty short. Yeah. Messi has the longevity for sure. Exactly. Messi's, I think, been been at the top of his game for far more years than Maradona. And he has more accolades to show for it. He's won more like Champions Leagues. I know it's for like technically with a better team, but Messi also won the treble twice. Uh, no one on this list has won the treble twice before. Yeah, the longevity piece is really important and really cons- like to be that consistent over that long length of time is really impressive. And that might be actually some of the edges them up above Maradona. Yeah, I think Maradona is more like legendary for like in his brief time playing the sport. He did things that no one else has done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has the like the legend and the narrative, but Messi might be the better player as a whole. Yeah, I think so. And, and has the stats and the accolades and uh, to prove it as well as the fact that he's playing like against like better defenders and like in a more modern. Yeah, and game. still doing it. 
Yeah, and still doing it. Now, like, the top assist player, like, the most assists in Europe right now, even though uh, he's 30, like, 4 or 35. Yeah. So then it ends up being Cruyff number 3, Maradona number 2, and Messi number 1. It's a holistic top 3 a little bit. Mm-hmm. The way that you've approached it, I, I do appreciate. We've hit out kind of two big top 3s with the current player and all-time player. That leaves us with the piece of life advice. My life advice. Uh, well, I'm going to link it back to, to the football here. Just because you're not the best goal scorer doesn't mean you're not like the most important person of a team. Like Cruyff, for instance, is, doesn't have the most goals in the world. But, you know, we've put him there because he's crucially important to his team and and elevates everybody else around him. So this is just a shout out to the people who might not have the most accolades or might not put out the best numbers, but I believe that your contribution might even be greater than those who do. Well, thank you for the encouragement, Sebastian, to all the people who don't have the accolades, myself included. <laughs> <laughs> no, but exactly. But you, you elevate the podcast game, Kieran, you know? Truly transformational in the field of podcasting. No one does it like I do. I mean, right now, it's it doesn't seem like much, but in like 10 years, everyone's going to look back and like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Top three. <laughs> Top three ever podcasts. I think I might have to put out more than one episode a month if I'm going to, you know, keep that going. <laughs> well, thank you, Sebastian, for, uh, you know, as always, being a great guest on the pod. Always enjoy to talk, chat with you about, you know, all sorts of stuff. Thank you once again. No, I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm glad I contributed some uh, some sports talk into your podcast. Truly the Johan Cruyff of the top three. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Sebastian. Yeah, thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. A big thank you to Sebastian for joining me today. And thank you so much for listening to the top three. We hope that you enjoyed our discussion of the best football players, both contemporary and of all time. If you want to suggest the topic to be discussed, or you just want to say hi, please leave a comment or message us on Instagram at the top three pod. You can also email us at the top three pod at gmail.com. The music featured in this podcast is by Sebastian Ochoa Mendoza. If you want to support this podcast, please tell your friends about it. I hope that you have a lovely day.